morning. Good morning to uh, subscribers here and to um, podcast listeners. It's just me today. There's no Adelie in the Sawala Adelies. Um, Mark is feeling really poorly upstairs. Um, and uh, honestly, Mark has to be so ill to stay in bed and he's got to. I've banned him from doing anything today because he's shooting his um, film this week. I said, you've got to stay in bed. I said, you've got to increase your white blood cells, which means no stress. That's impossible. <laughs> Loads of sleep. We'll see. <laughs> Bone broth. I don't think he'll accept that. He'll probably just keep asking for donuts. <laughs> Do you know what? You really can eat yourself to health. If you've got one of these ghastly colds and flus that are going around at the moment, honestly, just pack ginger and turmeric, bone broth soups, loads of fruits and veg, sleep, 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 sleep. I mind you, I'm a great believer. If you have no appetite, I'm a great believer in not eating because I think if your body says, I don't want to eat because you're not going to. You're not going to die, are you? A couple of days of not eating. If your body's just saying no drinks, drinks, drinks. It was always like that with the kids. Never used to try and get them to eat um, because it's your body saying, nope, I need, to, I need all my energy to just process this illness. Morning, Tina. Morning, Ellery Jones. How are you? So today, I can't, I'm a bit sad that I had absolutely no idea it was International Human Human Rights Day on Sunday. But remember, as I always say to you, I don't, I have trouble remembering my children's birth dates, so it's not surprising, but I'm a bit upset about that because I would have liked to have done a lot around the um, um, situation in Gaza. But at the end of today's chat, I will talk about just general feelings around Gaza. Um, yeah, um, because I, you know, I just think it's really important to keep talking about it. And as we've said many times before, we do it at the end in case for all those that don't want to listen to it and have switched off from it and had enough of it and all of that. Um, okay, so. Morning, Susan Sellings. My eight-year-old son is off sick from school with a horrible cold. Now, the thing is, when your kids are ill, you do want to give them sweets and stuff when they ask, but try not to you know what if you can get some pomegranates do a big bowl of peeled pomegranates fresh the kids love that when they're ill it's so good for them um so today we're going to be talking about touchy-feely people i don't know if any of you saw the uh, article with um about drew barrymore being too touchy-feely she was called cringe creepy and embarrassing now name drop moment I've met Drew Barrymore. She is adorable, absolutely adorable. But we're going to talk more about that because there are a number of loose women that would say that of me. And those loose women are two of my closest friends are loose women. <laughs> yeah, turmeric is amazing for colds too. Oh my Jen. Mark, Mark's had a, a non-stop stream of, look at this. Might look a bit gross. Ginger turmeric and you can see underneath the black pepper i'm giving him that every hour hot <clears throat> get some fresh ginger everybody and some fresh turmeric if you haven't got any fresh turmeric use dried but do drop a bit of black pepper in the turmeric to activate it um 
Um, 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 yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. Invading people's personal space. Where do you stand with it? Are you an invader or a non-invader? What do you do to keep people away from you? <laughs> because it's quite funny watching <laughs> Oprah doing everything. Um, at Christmas party bores. Right, this is this is off the back of a, an article about have we all got just too, too careful with the Christmas party? I... I think we possibly have. And definitely showbiz parties have gone completely out the window. They have become so prim and proper, but more on that. Uh, we've got the Lee Swimming Christmas party next week. Let's see if we can jazz things up a bit. Um, punishing deficient parents. This is a, um, a plan coming out of France um, where parents of children that have behaved badly illegally will get the punishment um i feel quite strongly about this actually and um yeah and a little bit about posh prejudice because we haven't seen you since <coughs> um lovely sam oh god what's his name hang on i've got the thing here so i didn't put that um story up oh ho, ho, ho. Yes, so I'm celebrity fans stunned after learning that um, <coughs> Sam Thompson is posh. <laughs> now we knew he was posh, but we've discovered he's more posh than we thought what was than he was. He is actually named Samuel Robert De Courcy Thompson. So if we had time, we can have a little bit of fun around posh prejudice, and as I've for those regular viewers and listeners, you will know that I have held up my hands before now and admitted that I have posh prejudice that I have to work quite hard against. Because to me, prejudice prejudice, no matter what. And to make assumptions of somebody just by where they come from or their accent is, 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 is just bad, however you do it. So <clears throat> we're going to have a little chat about that. But first of all... <clears throat> Touchy-feely people. So this article, poor, poor Drew Barrymore. You see, the other thing about her, and I mean this in the kindest way, I don't mean this in like, oh, God, actresses. Actresses, but she is actressy. And when I say that, I'm you can get actressy where somebody is really, is really shallow and um, quite vile. Darling, 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 that's all. But then you can get actressy that is like... Where, where I just, just feel things incredibly deeply. They're often quite sensitive and like hyper. Um, I, I literally, as I'm talking, I can think of all the actresses I've, I've met over the years that I am now inhabiting their physicality. If you're on podcast, I'm sort of my body is how would you describe it? Staccato. And, and Drew is like that. She's like intense and she loves people and she looks directly into your eyes and she, she you know, she's so fascinated by, by everything about people. And she says, I'm a conversationalist and like having this daytime show is like everything. Um, and I'm sure even with my little impersonation there, people are already feeling sick and terribly British and wanting to pull away because that's mostly hideous to people, isn't it? So, um, um, poor woman, the way the 48 year old former child star. Why do you, 
Why do you even have to say that? Uh, used her right hand to hold the 69-year-old uh, CEO, Oprah. I mean, <laughs> what difference does it make what age they are? Anyway, uh, Drew, um, so basically she's holding Oprah's hands. She's very, very close. She's sort of snuggled up on the sofa with her knees up and she's as close as this. She keeps holding Oprah's hand and then at one point she she like pulls back one hand and you think oh my god this is it Oprah is Oprah is free again and then she, with the other hand she starts caressing and actually for me even for me it is a bit much but it's not creepy it's not creepy but then but then there's lots of funny comments underneath um uh sort of breaking down Oprah's um, body language. Like, you know, when somebody's held your hand for too long and then you find a way to sort of do something big so you can get <laughs> Well, she's doing all of this, Oprah, but it doesn't work because Drew just keeps going back to holding her hand. And actually, I just look at Drew and just think, oh, how sweet. And I think also she's a little bit nervous and a bit insecure, is Oprah. Um, now... I, I, I've said this before, but Kay and Jane, one day we were having, um, for any of our, uh, any of our um, followers from abroad, I am in a show that's very much like The View in America, and I've been doing it over the last 25 years, and two of the other loose women, the other panellists, who are also my very close friends, we were having this meeting about it, obviously, there'd been some other news story about somebody invading somebody's personal space and being too touchy-feely. And so the comment, so everyone started to talk about it. And Kay went, well, I have to see. Nadia, it's a bit like that with you. You just like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's nice enough when you first do it, but then you continue to hold my hand and it's like really awkward. And then Jane Moore said, yeah. She said, yeah, when, when your hug goes on a bit too long. I have to say, I mean, though even even though I laughed in the room, I was quite upset. I felt a bit cringe. But luckily, if I remember, was that the day Judy was in? And me and Judy can sit cuddling, holding hands, arms round each other. Um, I'm going to say something controversial here. What I found over the years with all the different loose women that have been in and out, is the Peter Mark will say this, like Christos, our friend Christos, who's Greek. He will come straight in, big hugs, Mark will hug. So anyone with any ethnicity I found are the cuddly ones on loose women that you could sit. I mean, like, I could just casually put my arm around Judy and just like have my arm around while I'm chatting to her. I could hold her hand, I could rub her arm. She would she would just respond in exactly the same way back. But all the Pure Brits are like this. <laughs> God, I hope she doesn't hold my hand. Fuck, she looks like she's coming towards me. Don't you think it's funny? What do you think? Um, Faith Goodman, do not like European double kissing. Told my son I would not be kissing anyone at the wedding last year. I got extremely large hat to deter them. Who is it else? That, oh, I know who does that. Um, Lisa Vanderpump. She wears a massive hat like that to keep everybody away from her. Tina Davis, I bet it's hilarious when Judy's on Loose Women with you. I can imagine. Oh, 
we just have the best time. And the absolute model, my heart sings when Judy's on. Um, so what do you think? And how do you get out of somebody that's invading your personal space? You know, do you do an Oprah? Oh my God! And the audience, because one of the comments underneath was that they were having this conversation, Judy and Oprah, about chatting to the audience. And, you know, Drew was really inspired by, by Oprah because she chats to her audience and now Drew does it. And, and, and then forget, yeah, I mean, my crew, they get so frustrated with me. It's like, get away, the audience. And she just, she just does it just to let go of Drew's hands. Honestly, it's so funny. You have to have a look. Um... Tiggy, I'd agree completely. Don't hold a hand unless you're a child. Don't hold a hand unless you're a child. Does it make you feel really awkward? Um, Tina Davis, I pretend I'm on the phone sometimes. What, so that people won't hug you or kiss you? <laughs> that is the ultimate, the ultimate British thing. Um, Susan Mann, I used to be close to hugs until I gave one and loved the feeling afterwards. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing is, it's like if you really like somebody and you feel really comfortable with them, it's going to be easier. But I suppose, I mean, there is a point. I just wouldn't do it with anybody. I have to feel that I've got a real connection with that person. But honestly, since Kay and Jay said that, I do really watch myself. Uh, Sadie C, I'm not a kissy-huggy person. It gives me the ick. Elaine Denning, I just say, okay, love you, but that's enough now. Bit of dramatic humour to push them away. Why? What happens to you guys? What happens to the Brits? <laughs> you see, because my father's Jordanian, he like he just hugs everybody. Now, my mum is very British. My mum doesn't hug anyone. Yeah, she's very, like, mm -mm, very unphysical. But I get it all from my dad, I think. Because I really liked it. I remember as a kid, my dad, you know, everyone would come in and my dad would hug him. I hug everyone, so I just liked it. Anna Marie, Nadia, I agree and found this in my cleaning business. I'm half Italian and found all the other cultures, sorry to offend, I don't mean it like that. We're so affectionate, but the posh British, nope. So you've noticed it too. It is an ethnicity thing, isn't it? Oma Jan, Nadia... Arabs love the hugs. They do, oh, and I love the way they do this. And I love the way the men will just, just very gently just pat each other. I just love it. Um, if anyone's been seeing any of the videos, the horrific videos in Gaza, aside of the horror, you will also see the affection and the love that is shared. It, it, it's so, so affectionate. The way they kiss their children, the way the men hold and support each other i i just it, it brings me to tears toya i am turkish and we do kiss on both cheeks and squashy cuddles love it toya so do you do you pull back a bit from the brits <laughs> i think we should all just go out there and just force you british we're just gonna put on i understand it because i mean i've got it right down the middle because my mum is just like many of you here and my dad is the complete opposite like me um Tiggy says we do more with our eyes, the Brits. Oh, interesting. Lisa Payne, my dad, who was Burmese, loved, Burmese, loved to have, hug everyone. We need to say to him, Dad, you can't do that. We used to say to him, Dad, you can't do that. Yes, yes, because it's just culturally, it's just so different, isn't it? Uh, hugs are therapeutic, says Dawn Decker. As I've said to you, I say this to my girls as well. 
Just hug yourself. You wouldn't believe that a hugging yourself works. It, it feels so good with a rock. So maybe all you Brits that aren't getting the hugs out and about, you can lock yourself in the toilet and make it really dark in there so nobody could see you. And then you could have a hug. What about it? Go on, try it. Anybody now, just try this hug, right? Just try it. Squeeze. Give a little shake. Does it feel good? Close your eyes and hug and squeeze. Does it feel nice? Because it's safe if you're giving it to yourself, isn't it? It's safe. Come on, who's tried it? Just be honest. If it's shit, just say, no, no, it's shit. I still don't like it. But I just want to see if anyone actually likes it. Georgia B, uh, I've always loved hugs. I would hug everyone, but I'm very aware. Not all bits like it. Yeah, you have to be very aware. You can feel it, can't you? Just like, <sighs> can't reach my bum, though. <laughs> I love hugging and holding hands, said Kim. Ah, oh, Mukhadir says it feels good. There you go. Oh, you gave me a good hug, Nadia, at Siam. Good, strong hug. Oh, Elsa Pop, I remember. Did you like it? Or did you think, oh, I wish you hadn't? It's not the same, Nadia. Sorry, says Claire. No, it's not the same. It's different. It's different. Natasha, I love touchy-feely people. Let's normalise being warm. We can be cold when we are dead, says Natasha. Well, you give lovely hugs too, Natasha. But is it because you're Greek? <laughs> it's the thing. Oh, Carice Reese. it's a Welsh embrace. Is that what it's called? Ah, so what about what about the Welsh and the Irish? I'm saying the British, but maybe it's just maybe it's just the is it just the English? How are the Irish? I would imagine the Irish are big huggers. Uh, Alison Barber love a hug, but since COVID, can't bear to shake hands with anyone. Gives me the ick. Yes, I must say we we all became a lot more cautious. Erin Bullimore, not a typical Brit me, love a good hug or just leaning on my friend or anything really. My love of physical affection is more likely a result of my affection starved to childhood though. Which is great because often if you've been starved from affection in childhood, you can't then seek it or give it. So that's good. That's a that's a healing survival thing. That's brilliant. Um Oh, Danes. Danes are exactly like the British. We don't really hug unless we know them really well. So, Steph, now listen. Why is it all the cold countries that don't want to hug? We're missing out how to keep warm, but apparently to really feel the warmth of a hug, you have to both be naked. I remember once a boy saying that to me in my teens. And we were like, you know, when you're sort of sleeping with somebody, but you're still sleeping in all your clothes because you're not allowed to not have your clothes on you. You don't want to actually have sex. And it was freezing, absolutely freezing. And I was like, we were like, all oh, putting coats on. You know, everyone was sleeping in different ways. And it was like, you do know that the only way to get really warm is to be naked. Apparently it's true. I've never tried it myself. Okay, so, um, yeah. We're very affectionate in Ireland. I don't know anyone posh, says Belle. <laughs> Yeah, stiff upper lip. Um, so, right, Christmas party bores. Now, who's got a good Christmas party story for me of when it went really tits up? Now, I just want to state, because um, I was talking through what I was going to talk to you about today, guys, with Mark, and I was saying about 
how um, this article talks about how, um, you know, we've all got too careful with our Christmas parties and um, it's ruined them. Everybody's too, oh, okay, here we go. Ignore the HR bores, let's go wild at the work bash. Um, so Brit, Brit, Brits apparently are having far less boozy office blowouts than they used to. <clears throat> a poll conducted by People Management last week found that 53% of employees are not attending a work Christmas due this year. In addition, a survey of employers by WorkNest found that 47% of businesses have decided not to throw an end-of-year shindig. Um, now, there's all sorts of reasons for this. I think after the pandemic, people, I think a lot of companies just continue to save money that way. I think, I think sometimes that's... Um, comes from a genuine place and I think sometimes it just comes from a mean place and they're just using it. <laughs> um, uh, so so um, it says in this article here, still nursing a party pooping. Sorry, sorry, just give me one second. Um, so basically, concerns over con conduct and the festive season as a potential human resources horror show come a close second to all the other things, COVID, da, da, da. So um, managers and women particularly have witnessed inappropriate behaviour and harassment at work parties. Um, and uh, lots of people are now calling for limits to be placed on the amount of, of alcohol served. And this is what Mark said to me. He goes, but like, isn't this a good thing? Like, you know, all sorts of bad things can happen at a Christmas party, too much booze, you know, all that sort of thing. I went, yeah, yeah. No, I know all of that. And of course, any of that can happen in any boozy situation, can't it? You know, we have to be aware that if we're too pissed, then we can be vulnerable to monsters and beasts and awful people. But let's just park all that and just for a moment go... Do you remember when you didn't care? When you'd go to a party, a Christmas party, and this was definitely the case for showbiz parties. I mean, for years, I went to showbiz parties, like the end of rap parties and all of that. We're so plastered. I'd be telling producers what I thought of them. I'd be cringing for three weeks after. And of course, that is all awful. And it's brilliant if we've evolved and we're not doing that anymore. But, does anyone miss it being a bit chaotic? <laughs> Everyone's so careful. Because the thing is, in the old days, everyone would get a bit pissed. Now, I'm not talking about so annihilated that you have to be, you know, taken home in an ambulance. Of course not. But, you know, just enough that people would get pissed enough to um, let down their barriers a little, maybe have a hug. Um... But I did for a long time stop going to parties because the memory of the cringe afterwards and how long it went on for was just so awful. I thought, I'm just not going to put myself in that position because I'd actually learned the lesson that, yeah, you might say you're going to eat. Oh, hang on a minute, Mark's ill, so I've got to watch the door. Hang on. One sec.
God, that was so funny. Did you hear all of that? <laughs> that was so funny, bless her. Because she was like an Amazon delivery. She went, oh my God, it's you. Did you hear it? And it was so funny. She did phones and then she went, what's your name again? I went, yeah, Nadia. And I could see her still going, where do you? you could see her eyes going, but put her yeah, at least with me. <laughs> Sorry about that, my darlings. Um, thing is, it's so funny because obviously if you're off the telly, you do a lot of selfies, don't you? And I keep... So how often, you probably do this as well when the postman comes, you know, when they have to get a photograph to prove that they've given you the bloody thing. <laughs> the amount of times they've gone, can I have a photograph? And I've gone, yeah, sure, like that, thinking it's because it's not as well off the telly. And they're like, they haven't recognised me. They're like, no, no, just put it on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. And of course, the, it's hilarious because most of the, I mean, I've put on some makeup this morning because I'm doing this, but... Most times, you know, when they, when they ring on the door and I'm like, it's like, Ugh. and you see them going, like, <laughs> <are> you? <laughs> you can you can literally see what they're going to tell their mates. They're going to go, you know that woman? I've got, my God, you should see her in real life. She looks like a bad shit. Um, anyway, I can't remember where we were. So, any good stories of Christmas parties? And do you think that it's good that we are just more sedate? We have a sausage roll or two, half a glass of sherry, and then poodle back so as not to embarrass ourselves. Gabrielle, I miss just getting a bit merry and having a good laugh, although that's only attached to a way of using alcohol. Exactly. Ruth Blanford, I don't drink now. I used to get drunk and not enjoy myself, but now I have more fun not drinking. Brilliant. Um, Nikki Ball, thank you very much. Um, Ellen, oh, bit, but it was so much fun, though never crossed the line, not too far anyway. Rob, Robert Caruthers, I love partying, but the afters, I feel embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. You're right, Mark's right. And it's what I advocate, you know, we don't need to get drunk to have a good time. <laughs> but Christmas party, just getting a bit... Mary a bit pissed and maybe just being a bit too loud and having a bit of a cringe. Can that not be allowed at all? Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah, this, this. I want to know what you think about this. Um, right, this was the deficient parents to be punished for the crimes of their children. The plan in France has been drawn up after ministers blamed families for the riots over the summer. Do you remember all these riots when um, cars were set on fire and all sorts of manner of things in France? Um, so the French government planned to restore authority within families. And the way that they think that they are going to do this um, is by punishing the parents. Um, I do not like the sound of Aurora Berge at all. Um, she attributes the chaos to households with absent fathers and an overrun mother unable to prevent children from going out at night to set fire to public buildings and private property. There's clearly an issue about the restoration of authority. It's not old-fashioned or reactionary to say so. 
She said deficient parents would be told to do unpaid work in the community and those whose children committed acts of vandalism could be ordered to make a payment to charity. Um, they do have existing laws where parents can be convicted of failing to fulfil their legal obligations to the extent of compromising the health, safety, morality and education of their children. And they have a maximum sentence in France for that, two years in prison and a fine of £30,000. Um, so, oh my God. Did you hear that? Oh my God, it's suddenly gone so dark outside. Oh, here we go. Big time rain. What's in the garden that I should be pulling in? Um, so... Oh, that's the dog. Jesus Christ, bag of nerves. Um, so, yeah. So, hang on. So, uh, the idea was suggested by Lionel Royer Parot, an MP with President Macron's ruling centrist coalition, who says that when children commit a crime, investigators should automatically check if the parents are fulfilling their legal obligations. First of all, how the hell are you going to do that? Those who fail to do so must carry out community service to make them aware of their responsibility of the actions of their child. Um, their will, they may include options with parenting courses, wait for this, for 250 euros. Um, well, <laughs> uh, the thing is, oh, and then it goes on to say about well, all their findings, and it's basically having a go at, single parents again um but but let's just break this down so they are on the one hand saying that you know a huge i think they said 60 percent of um the rioters were came from single parent families okay so first of all you know a single parent family is going to have a single income um also enormous pressure if you're holding down a job and you're looking after kids and you want to send them out to do community service and how, how would that work would they do that after their work or would they do that instead of their work bonkers absolutely bonkers but i can feel it would be something that would would that we could have shoved down our throats if France if France goes ahead with this. It's very Tory-like, isn't it? Um, fining. Does fine... What would a fine do for a parent that might be struggling? And you know what? These kids might have had... Might have had real umbrage. They were... But they were, you know, had genuine feelings about whatever. They might be politicised. They might have been taking action they might have just had free thought and it got absolutely nothing to do with their parents i just don't think we've had this conversation a lot haven't we over the years like fines when children are, are repeatedly late for school and you know we've chatted about it here haven't we that can be for all kinds of reasons it can be a parent that is struggling that is on their own is that or has you know any kind of horrors that they might be dealing with and um, punishing the parents financially would do nothing. Um, 
except maybe cause more trouble for the child. Because if somebody is struggling with money and then you find them and then they've got, you know, that hanging over their head, um, that causes more stress, more tension. If you've actually got to pay the fine, that might come out of the budget, the food budget, the heating budget. These things pop up all the time and they always seem to me as wholly unempathetic and just de just like playing to the crowd. You know, it's, it's red meat, isn't it? We're going to do something. We're going to knuckle down. We're going to sort these people out. It's just bollocks. It's just bollocks. If you really believe, if there is somebody that is really struggling, if there is a child that's got, con you know, repetitive, chaotic behaviour, if they are going a bit wild, there are so many things to do that you can do to support the child, support the family, that um, that would would in the long run be so beneficial to the community and to those individuals. I just, I just really, really hate these, these ideas. Yeah, and and as as Tanya Bartlett says, so punish more single parents. That sounds like a sensible thing to do. Not the French, not the French government. But but I mean, many suggestions have been made like that for here as well, haven't they? Because we always chat about them. Um, it's terrible, isn't it? Deborah, it's absolutely chucking it down. It's gone so dark. It's gone like night time. Um, oh, God, and just on the day, Mark can't go and get the kids because he's so appalling. Um, Anne-Marie Shellard, it's always easy for the ones pushing these new roles have never struggled or gone through real life. Exactly. We need empathetic people in charge, not just rich ones. Yeah, Faith Goodman, I think it depends on the age of the children. If under eight, then parents' responsibility. Although eight to 12, a bit difficult, but teenage is a bit different. Absolutely, you know, it, it is a responsibility of a parent, but not. But do not punish that parent, I believe, Faith, I don't know what you think, if everything isn't going perfectly according to plan. Because like I always say, you know, you have a child and then you're like, it's like, shit. This is the most difficult job in the world and I'm supposed just to know how to do it all. No training, no nothing. And um, that's why I always try really hard not to be ju judgmental because it's hard. And, you know, some days occasionally I think, oh, I did quite well today. Other days I think, God, you were absolutely shit. Um, but I've got support. I've got a partner. You know, I've got a husband who's a, who's, who's a great parent and I've got sister and I've got my parents and I've got a, friends and I've got a good job and I've got, you know, no financial worries. I've got all of that. And yet some days I make the most terrible mistakes and decisions with my children and give them wrong advice and, you know, are too free and easy here and then too strict here. I make all those mistakes and I have all the support in the world. So I can imagine, I can't imagine what that's like not to have any support. And I just think, gosh, it's like Armageddon out there. Blimey. Can you hear it? Oh, it makes me a bit excited too. Anyway, that's what I think. I don't know what you think. I don't want it to catch on. Put it that way. I do not want it to catch on. You know, even when, <clears throat> you know when you hear about these terrible stories when mums, like single mums have like gone out 
lie in a club and left their child that is too young on their own. Terrible, awful, awful on the child. But I can also understand how somebody could be so desperate, and I'm not condoning it, please don't misconstrue my words, but I never say, oh God, what a terrible, awful bitch of a woman. I, I, I always think, God, could we, you know, you just, you just never know what other people's lives are like. So I think just as, um, if we can just always think how we can support people better, then I think in the long run it's better for everybody. You can see the rain in the window, look. <laughs> it's mad out there. Ah, um, oh, thank you, Nikki Ball. Right, just last one before I go. Posh prejudice. I have admitted this before. And this is off the back of um, uh, Sam Thompson winning um, winning uh, the jungle. And in case people weren't here at the beginning, and his, his real name has been uncovered. Samuel Robert de Corsi Thompson. Yes, really. Crowned king of the jungle in front of 7.5 million is the is that heading there. Yes, really. And I just wanted to ask anybody, everybody here. Do you think posh prejudice is just prejudice? Or do you think we have more right to be prejudiced against people that we assume, because they have a posh accent, are luckier than any of us because they've been to the best schools, their parents probably have, are very wealthy, they probably live in a beautiful home. And so therefore, if we want to take the piss out of being terribly posh and we want to dismiss them and we want to be tougher with them than maybe we would be with them, that's fine because they're posh. So that's not real prejudice because they're posh. I definitely admit I was like that. Not now. Really not now. Not now. I've changed my opinion. Well, we grow, don't we? We become more awake before the abuse of the word woke. Um, to be more awake to other people is, is, is a good thing, isn't it? I feel a bit ashamed, actually. about how I can actually cringe when I think back. Years ago, I was working with somebody who was very posh. And I continuously... Because I didn't really know him well enough. Like like with Kay, when I take the piss out of her Scottish accent, she takes the piss out of my South London accent. You know, we know each other well enough. We know where we are with each other. We know that we're friends and that we it's, just, it's done with warm affection. But when you don't know somebody so well, like I didn't with this presenter that I was working with years ago, and I and I and I and I was just continuously doing the potty. Oh well, you know, continuously doing it. And then one day he said to me, do you know, do you know, I have got feelings. Oh my God, I felt so bad. I felt so bad because I pride myself on being an empathetic person, pride myself on maybe even sometimes having too many, too much feelings. And I felt really ashamed of myself. And, and I still now, look, you can see me, I'm still cringing when I think back to it because I'm thinking... Not only how he must have felt, but how I must have looked at other people as well. Because it's a bit bullying, actually, isn't it? Oh, well, here we go. Oh, oh, oh. 
It's, it's, I mean, I, I, and the thing is, with everybody else that I do an accent with, I'm always doing it on an equal footing because I genuinely do just love it. And I'm just like, but really when I would, when I was doing the posh thing, it was about me saying that you don't have any feelings, you know, because you're, you, you've got everything and it's just not true. It's just not true. A posh person will just have different problems, but everybody has problems. Do you know what? I can't think of anything worse than going to the top school in the country and having to be a certain way and having to... Because, you know, when you're sent... To, I'm just about to do it. When you're sent to the top school in the country, there are expectations of you. You know, I've got friends that are taught in private schools and they say, oh, my God. It's just like... People, well, I've said it to you before, haven't you? You might think, oh, my God, I've let my child down by not sending them to private school. But the amount of pressure is, is, is enormous. So, yeah, I just wondered, is there anyone else that admits to posh prejudice? Gabrielle, as long as you are a kind person, you never use your wealth as power. You shouldn't be judged. Mandy Nanny, I moved from Coventry to South Yorkshire and found it hard to talk to people as they thought I was posh. So you got a bit of prejudice. I was talking to, um, it's a friend of mine's um, son, actually, and he is at um, art college. And it's quite a, um, I'm just being careful because I don't want to reveal anything. But anyway, long story short, there is somebody in the group that is incredibly posh and incredibly wealthy. I went to a very famous school and he was saying, you know, everybody, like everybody's like quite woke, you know, at this art college, but not when it comes to him. And this person is very good looking. He's he's wealthy. But a couple of things that he said has 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 has. This, this friend of mine, son, said, made him think, oh, God, actually, things are, like, quite tough for him, but, like, in the other way. And it's just, I'm, I'm just being so cautious because I don't want to reveal this person. But, um, and it made me think again, yeah. Yeah. We, um, we have to be mindful of that, I think. Wendy Wu, completely agree, but not judging. Working in care has really highlighted that for me. Um, Linda, I love posh people. <laughs> no, so do so do I. I love posh people. I have a really posh one. But what? But but it's not. I'm not saying that I don't. I don't. It's just that I realised that I had prejudice and thought that they just didn't have the same feelings. I mean, how prejudiced is that? It's just so bad. Um, yeah, Kathy Hyde. My favourite people in BB this year were the two boys. Well, dare I say posh? But one of them was from Grimsby, wasn't he? That put on a posh accent. I do love that. Orla, no, I don't judge, but a lot of people do. I agree, Nadia. Private schools have so much pressure. I found normal school too much. Imagining me in private school would be so much worse. Yeah. Weird, Ellen, weird how an accent can intimidate Anna. It is. Erin Bullimore, I have a posh prejudice, but that's my posh friend's fault for embodying every stereotype. The look on his little face when I discussed having to steal to eat. He couldn't believe I was a criminal. But, okay. Erin, I am so pleased that you have answered this because you are woke in the best sense of the word. You're very awake to the world and everybody's... And yet, you have just said that I have posh prejudice, but that's my posh friend's fault. Now, I know you're laughing, but in there, you're blaming him for your prejudice. I mean... 
Imagine, imagine if, if there's a posh friend here, Erin, and they're saying to me, yeah, I do have a pot. I do have a prejudice towards you, Nadia, because, you know, you're a bit rough when you're South London. And so, you know, you're a bit crude and a bit crass, which is the stereotype of what you are. You'd be outraged on my behalf. Would you or would you not, Erin? You would, I know you would. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Guys, I love you guys. I have to go because um, I, more than anything, I want to go and check on Mark. Um, I'm, I, we haven't got time now to talk in any depth about... Uh, and, and goodbye to anyone who wants to, to go because I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes on Gaza. Um, and um, it will be a live Vlogmas tonight. Dina is going to be here. Maddie is going to be um, filming and it will be nice and Christmassy, don't worry. But um, Mark really does need to rest and I don't want him editing for four hours today. He needs to sleep. So I'll see you later for a live Vlogmas. So if anyone wants to go, go now. And I'm not going to talk about... There are so many different stories around at the moment about... Um, the Israeli aggression on Gaza. I'm not going to call it a war anymore because a war to me, you have to have two army, two armies and I don't feel that we have that. And I think that it's just so out of balance now. So there, there were so many things that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the IDF videos. I wanted to talk about I even wanted to show you some videos of some things that I've seen. And in the end, I made the decision not to talk about any particulars. I'm going to post later, Queen Rania of Jordan put out a fantastic uh, video. Um, sorry, I just feel so emotional. Just give me one second. which I will, I'm going to repost um, on my Instagram later. And so if you could, you know, just watch that and share it. Um, yeah, I thought I would just talk about more about how I feel rather than the details of it all, because it's just so overwhelming what I want to show, what I have to be so careful to show, what, you know, what would trigger people, what would upset people. Um, but I just want to say that how can anyone not want a ceasefire? And then when I get to that question, I think I come back to, if I just leave myself in the day of just looking at the mainstream media, I, I, I realise why. Because just there is not enough being said of the suffering in Gaza it's just not out there so because it means so much to me I I look everywhere and I'm seeing everything that's going on there well not everything but I mean of course I can't see everything but it is it is a real life horror story and I just feel so passionately that down the line people are going to say how did we let of course there are many millions around the world millions who are going this has to stop it is so 
horrific. It's such a fucking horror story. But there are many that just don't know and just aren't witnessing it. And, and I fear that those people are going to say, oh my God, I didn't really know. I didn't really know. And so what am I saying? I suppose I'm just saying, if you just look around and you choose, you know, good sites to follow and you, like we were saying the other day, you know, there is huge Islamophobia around the words Al Jazeera. Uh, people hear Al Jazeera and they think they are hearing ISIS. They are not. It is a reputable, um, um, highly reputable news station that is across the Middle East. So you can see the other side there if you want to. Um, and yeah, again, I do regularly post um, on my Instagram other 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 um, influence and stuff that you could follow that I do trust. So maybe I'll put them under here as well for you to, to click and have a look. Um, I, I will never, ever, ever get over the fact that the USA vetoed a ceasefire and the UK abstained. We didn't even have an opinion. We just abstained. Shame. Shame, shame, shame. Shame. I said to Mark, do you think that, like, Biden and Rishi have ever seen any of the videos, actually, of the complete flattening? Do they actually know that there are people screaming under the rubble and there's no way of getting... I mean, and he, he genuinely... I was asking as a genuine... He said, no, no, he said, most definitely no because they will ask, they will not, what they, because they have to make decisions in a cold, tactical way, they will ask, they, they won't get emotional about it. They won't see the humanity of it. And somehow that made me just feel just, I don't know, that, that just made me feel so hopeless because I thought, wow. <laughs> that's, that says everything, doesn't it? I mean, that just says everything. We just there's one there's one follower that there's one influencer that I follow and she continuously says if you can't see it make it stop and she posts t terrifying video and, and, and you know before anyone says they're fake they are not fake okay that they are not fake these videos you know you just and and every time she says you can't if you can't see it then make it stop I, I, I get so tempted again to show people some of this stuff and then I pull myself back and I say, no, 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 I must not, I must not. Um, because I do actually agree with her. If you can't see it, make it, st if you can't bear to look at it, make it stop. Because if we can't bear to look at it, then imagine living it. So, you know, and still there are hostages in Gaza that Netanyahu, as far as I am concerned, seems not to care at all. Because how can you continue to just flatten everywhere with them in there? It's, it, it's mind-boggling to me, absolutely mind-boggling, how this is going on. I said to Mark, are we mad? Or, or is the world mad? Or what, what's happening? 
<sighs> Natasha, we mention it often. We mention it often. My point is that why I talk about it in the way that I talk about it is because nobody is talking about it in this way on our mainstream media. I always talk about the fact that the hostages are in there and are just, one can't imagine. But I do come from it, from my heart and from my position and my parents being, you know, in Jordan and being half, I come from this position, you know, I can't help that. It's like whenever I get upset or if I post anything, so many people um, will say to me, but what about, and I never, ever see um, a person that says to me, what about, da, da, da. I never see them also saying, and I feel so much for the Palestinians. I never see that. And I'm always really mindful to do that because I think it's really important because this isn't about politics or religion. It's about humanity. And it's about the politicians fucking up the humanity. But wherever you are in the world, if you're suffering, like I'm really engaged in the Afghanistan-Pakistan thing. Obviously, I can't be boasting about everything. But, you know, it's, it's wrong. And, yeah. Yeah. It's wrong. I can see there's something kicking off here, so I, I'm not going to read it because I don't want to read it. But please be respectful on here. And when I start this conversation by saying I just want to talk about my feelings, I really do. I really just do. I just, you know, I just... I just can't understand why we can't get to a place of ceasefire, get the hostages out, get the conversation going again, because there is no such thing as, as you know, when's it going to finish? There doesn't seem to be an end point. There doesn't seem to be, where is there going to be a clear end point? And then what's going to happen? Where are all these people that are being pushed into one area? Where, what are they going to come back to? And what are they going to, how are they going to live? You know? Um... And, and, and that's what keeps me up at night. That's really what keeps me up at night. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a horrendous situation for all people in that region. You know, Israel, Palestine, Jordan, uh, Lebanon. Um, the whole region is in this kind of a state. Grrr, the shaking the tremors of this is going right across the region. And, you know, when they press the panic button, it's because there is fear for everyone. This can spill out. This, if this goes on and on and on and on, where do we end up as human beings? Why can't we just stop now, you know? Why can't we just stop? That's just my, that's just my feelings from my heart. And I tried not to use any articles or anything I thought I'm just going to share with you how I'm feeling and yeah thanks guys thank you have a good day and as I say I'll post some um some links that you might want to follow thanks guys bye <laughs>
Franz, sie hat es dann auf. Oh ja.